Hello and welcome to the Split Real Podcast. I'm Steve Packnick and joining me, as always, he's got his numbers crunched, his facts ready to go. It's Gabe Acevedo. Hello, it's my favorite season of the year, Oscars. We This is why we started this podcast and I know that this is super exciting. We've, for the past, what's now been? Five years, we've five watched years. the Oscars every single time. Yep, it, it, together. Uh, this is the first year that we've been apart for the Oscars, which is kind of sad. But we're, we're we'll be together virtually on virtually. Sunday, ready to watch, and we're here to talk about it. We're, I'm really excited for it. I know, I don't know. You're certainly excited. This is my Christmas. This is my Christmas. This is my New Year. This is the best day of of the year for me. <laughs> it just is. I love Oscars. I love Oscars. I love being wrong. I love being right. I love the fashion. I love living through famous people that I'm never going to meet. So what else can I ask for? I mean, definitely. We 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 both have talked about how much we love the movies, the just movies in general. The movies this year, are, there's a lot of really good options coming out this year. There's a, a, it's like an exciting award show. It's it's the best award show, I think. It's the most prestigious. This is probably the the award show when they talk about awards. This is the one that matters for everything. This is the gold standard for award shows. This is the one. It is the one. The one and only. No, I'm excited. Um, And a lot of these categories, yes, p- pieces are starting to fall into place so we are getting like you know this is going to win here this is going to win there but there are a few of these races that are actually competitive um mm-hmm. we have a race in our hands especially in one very very big category that we'll talk about later um so i'm excited i'm excited to see if it goes by script or if we get a lot of curveballs on sunday and i'm just here to predict and see how many i get wrong this year because in a pandemic year i'll probably just get like five right that's it yeah, I think last year we did not do so hot. There were like a couple that we, I think we were off by like four or five. I think we both didn't yeah. do too well. You know, hopefully we do better this year on the the Oscars than we did on the Golden Globes. We did horrible on the Golden Globes. <laughs> What's that? I have no idea what you're talking about. I have we, no idea. We did we did so badly on the Golden Globes, but I think this year we're we're pretty we're pretty set for the Oscars. I think I think it's been shaken up a little bit, but I think we're gonna fall into some place here with the the oscars so yeah like always i i I mean like always towards the end everything falls into place and you see people yeah this has run the board this is winning everywhere so you tend to go with those um but we'll see i'm just hoping for warren Beatty and faye donaway to come back and give us another la la land moment like i need that again i need that to happen again i need that moment i don't think they're gonna be able to come into the 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 theater because they're just too old and I'm just, I'm, look, I have nothing against old older people, but like, you know, we're still, California still has a lot of cases. It's pretty, it's pretty sketchy out there. So they might want to stay at home this year. You know, let's keep, some, let's keep some of our icons. Let's keep some of them at home. We don't need to have them in the front row because there is actually an in-person, uh, there's an, an in-person show this year. There's, but it's outside. So that's a good thing. I think it's outside. I believe there's two shows, right? There's one. Yeah, in it's going to be in two locations. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. But at, uh, you just mentioned that um, before we begin with our formal predictions, um, what are you expecting from the ceremony, if anything at all? I, I don't know. I, it's it's really tough. Like, I haven't I haven't seen all that much about the format, but I just want I just want to see some movie stars up there poking fun at the movies and talking about the movies. We don't have a host. Mm-hmm. this year again 
which is becoming more it's of been a what tradition. three years now without a host i think at, i think at least three years without yeah, i a think host. this is the third year without a host yeah I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of it. I do like hosts. I kind of miss hosts a little bit, but I, I'm okay with it. I think as long as they get some a good opening to it, a good opening monologue and, and such, I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see how they have the, the awards and the and the the celebrity of it all because one of the favorite my favorite things about the Oscars is just seeing the celebrities all being near each other and sitting near each other. But you know, in a pandemic year, that's not necessarily the case coming into this season. So yeah. we're not going to be able to have that. Now, I know that they have some special ceremonies and special viewings and special parties and stuff like that. So maybe they will have people come together and they'll have the Oscars actually be able to hand the Oscars to certain people, you know, all the winners. I mean, that would be really great and have yeah. awards because I don't I don't really want to see a bunch of people in their in their like hotels or Airbnbs or wherever they're having their things. It's not in their mansions in their zoom. Yeah. It's not what I really want, but yeah. it's something that I, I think would be great. I mean, especially I'm just thinking about back to the golden globes and when Chloe Zhao won for best director, she's in like a dark room and she's literally, it, it's a dark room in her, in her, like her house. And it just seemed really strange and didn't seem very glitzy to me, which was kind of weird. I mean, you know, these are award shows. These are like, this is when they when Hollywood goes out and gets dressed up. So that's kind of what I want to see. What are you What are you looking forward to? Um, I just want to see what they do with with the whole virtual in person thing. I I've been keeping tabs on what's going on. Um, no big name has declined to come so far. Um, quite the opposite, actually. I know that like people like Yu Young Yoon um, from Minari, she's already here in the states. Um, she's quarantining. Um, and I think she's going to be there in person. I think most of the big names um, are going to be there in person. Um, they did, and this caused controversy a couple of weeks ago when they did um, did this, but the Ampas um, worked with California to qualify them as essential work. So apparently the Oscars are essential workers uh, and they got that whatever form or whatever permission it is so they could fly in because there are a lot of international people who couldn't fly in because of the regulations from their country and from the regulations here. Um, but now they can because apparently a, a four hour Oscar ceremony is essential work. So <laughs> they have permission to come down. We'll see if they actually make it. It'll be fun. Um, you know, for the first time, they have an official pre-show, like an official pre-show created by the Oscars mm -hmm. and the producers of the Oscars. That's going to be interesting to see. And then they have an official post-show. So it's the first time that we're going to get a pre and post-show from the producers of the Oscars. So that'll be fun. The songs are going to be performed before the main ceremony. They did that um, to cut time. So they could give more time to speeches. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I just want to see what Soderbergh. So Soderbergh is one of the producers. I just want to see what they do with the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And like you, I want to see stars. I want to see glamour and glitz. I want to see Jennifer Lawrence falling in her face when she walks to get her Oscar. I want to see Glenn Close's face and everybody's face of shock when she lost. Um, you know, th those are the moments that you treasure. I, I want to see that. And and Zoom doesn't allow that to happen. So I hope that we get some sort of normal ceremony. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for it. I know they're also going to try to push their museum because, mm -hmm. you know, they have they have their new museum that opened last year it was supposed to open last year. But I guess it got delayed again because of obviously the pandemic. So they're going to want to push that. They're going to also 
really push a narrative in this that is really talking about the power of movies. Because I know that TV has become so powerful and streaming has become so powerful recently that I bet you they're going to have a big narrative of pushing um, the actual theater experience and pushing movie theaters. So being in person and having that, they're going to, I bet you there's going to be this undertone of that throughout the ceremony and we'll see how it works out. Um, I know that they're, they're changing a little bit of the format to have the pre-show and post-show. That way you can make the runtime of the actual ceremony a little bit more condensed. I do feel though, still that this will be the least watched Oscars of all time. Yes. Well, sorry, not all time, but of the last like 20 years. I will probably say of all time since they've been rating them. I really well, do think so. I don't know about since they've been rating them because people have more TV. I don't know how far back they go, but it'll definitely be the last 20 years. I mean, it's definitely not the least of all time because they didn't show the first one. Well, that's why I said like <laughs> since they've been rating yeah. them. But yeah, yeah I but I think so. I mean, all, all yeah. award shows suffered in viewership this year. All of them, I think yeah. pretty And I think most of them um, received record lows. Um I mean, in a pandemic, unless you are a movie buff, you're not paying attention to these to this stuff. Award shows are made for three kinds of people: women, people who love film, and gay men. So <laughs> that's why we love this. So, 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 so I qualify as the people who love film. I guess exactly. <laughs> unless you know something that i don't <laughs> no i don't no no okay good that, that, that that's it that's it okay uh, perfect. The, it's interesting though because this is the other problem with this award show this year is is the fact that the, the viewership of these movies is the lowest probably i've ever seen for that's, any of these yep. i talk to people all the time about movies and none of my students have heard of any of these movies they might have heard of sound of metal that's the only one i think that some of them have heard of beyond that they haven't heard of anything else you know, I talk to my family, I talk to other people and they don't, they've not seen these movies. Yep. They're not watching movies. A lot of them are watching TV shows and they're not watching these. And I, I think that's going to certainly hurt the viewership of this, this year. I don't think next year. Cause I think next year we have a lot more big titles are going to definitely be in next oh, yeah. year's Oscars. We have a lot of blockbusters next year. I think next year might, might resemble the nineties where we have yeah. these huge blockbuster movies just getting in at the Oscars. Yeah, I definitely see a, a bounce back for next year, but we're not talking about next year yet. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about week. that on Monday after <laughs> Sunday's Oscars. <laughs> but yeah, today we're going to get into the the actual our our predictions for the award show this year. Now, just a quick note: if you are making predictions for the Oscars and you need a ballot, you need an Oscar ballot. We are currently using the Vanity Fair Oscar ballot. You can go on and download any of them. But we got the Vanity Fair one, and that's the order you can go through on this. And the, the little nugget of joy that comes with the Vanity Fair, and they know exactly how to market this, is their ballot is sponsored by Grey Goose. And on the back of the ballot includes four, sorry, six different cocktails that we can make for the Oscar ceremony. Now, I, I told you this one, and you you quickly downloaded it. You're like, oh, man, this is perfect. Yep. So we've got a walk on the red carpet, the nominee, the Hollywood, going for gold, the winner, and the best. These are the six cocktails on the back. Now, I know that our listeners can't see this, but which, which one of these are you looking at for Sunday? Because I'm definitely going to go out and get some stuff to make one of these. Which one are you looking at right now? Um, I am looking at the Hollywood and the winner. 
Yeah, those look to good. be fair, I'm looking at all six. Yeah. <laughs> but for Sunday, I can't. I'll probably just make the Hollywood and the winner. Um, but I'm definitely gonna make all of them because they sound delicious and it's alcohol. So yeah. Yeah. Um, the the winner, if for our listeners, it's it's a blood orange gin and like juice beverage. It looks really really good. That looks fantastic. Yep. I'm th- I'm thinking either that one or going for the gold, which is a mint julep. A mint julep. Yep. Which is which also delicious. I've I've never had a mint julep before, oh, but it looks it, they just make it look so good. I got yeah, some new. So download this ballot because you will get yeah. an extra little something for something. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. It's funny. I was. I just got some uh, highball glasses, so that might be what leads me in the direction of the going for gold because it or the mint julep because mm-hmm. it, it's a uh, it requires highball glasses. But yeah, certainly uh, we'll grab cocktails and and enjoy the, this award show. I'm I'm so excited about. it. I think that's so funny that they had those awards the uh, cocktails on the back. So why don't we dive in? Why don't we start talking about the different awards? Let's do this. Let's get our predictions in so we can I, be wrong on Sunday. <laughs> I've got all mine locked in. I know you're still working on some of yours. We'll talk some out and we'll we'll, we'll work out your ballot as we go through. Now, we'll start. Uh, we're going to go in the order of the, of the Vanity Fair and we'll start from the bottom and go to the top. So our first however many awards are going to be the below the line. Not, not necessarily the biggest and most most sought after i mean obviously any oscar is sought after but these aren't the biggest awards that you'll see in the night but we'll 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 get to the the bigger awards later on but we're going to start with the shorts so there are three different short categories there's the animated short live action short and documentary short so we'll start right at the bottom here with documentary short what are our nominees for a documentary short so the nominees are colette a concerto is a conversation do not split hunger ward and a love song for Latasha. So I haven't seen any of these. I haven't watched any any of the shorts. Full disclaimer: I have not watched a single one of the shorts. Have you seen the shorts? Seen I so I've seen the animated and the live action. None of the documentary ones. None of the documentary shorts. Yeah. So what did you go with on this one? I went with a love song for Latasha, just based on what I've read yeah. out there, um, and what I've seen in some websites that have it number one in their odds. Yeah, that's what I went to. It just I, I was looking at what are the predictions, what are the experts saying, and that's what they're saying for me. So I went with that. I'll trust the experts. They saw it. I didn't see that one. <laughs> Not going to lie. That's fine. Um, next, next category is live action short. Here we have the nominees of Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. You've seen some of these. What did you think of the shorts? I saw them all. Um, I think four of them are really good. Mm-hmm. Four of them deserve to be here. I am not a fan of, ironically, the front runner in the category, which is Two Distant Strangers. Um, it reminds me of Green Book, and this is not the podcast to discuss Green Book, but it reminds me of that. Um, but I feel like people would vote for that because on the surface level, it makes you feel good and makes you feel like, we are nice people and we can talk about race relations in a nice way. So I am choosing two distant strangers, but I am very aware that the letter room can win this as well. Yeah. I went with the letter room only because um, I saw the the picture for the, the cover for that movie is Oscar Isaac with a giant mustache. So yep. I figure if he's going to rock a giant mustache, I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> 
that's my strategy. <laughs> well, no, and that's and that's totally fair. Sometimes um, there's been a in in the short categories, most Oscar voters, they've said it like we don't see these, we just vote or not even vote in these categories. And sometimes the movies that win are the movies that have the star power to them. And out of all these five, the letter room is the one with star power. You know, it, it's Oscar Isaac. I believe if they win, it would be his wife who wins the Oscar because um, she's the producer and the director of the film. So she was the one who was nominated as the producer. Um, so, you know, if they haven't seen them and they see Oscar Isaac, oh, I've worked with him. Oh, I like him. Oh, he's my friend. Vote for it. So I think the letter room can totally win. Watch it be one of the other three. <laughs> it, it seems like an easy choice to give Oscar the Oscar. That sounds about right. Um, next category, we have animated short. What are the nominees for that? So the nominees are Burrow, Genius Loki, if anything happens, I love you, opera, and yes, people. Now again, in this category, what have, what have you seen? Have you seen all of them? I see. I saw all of them. Yes. Okay. I think they're actually all really good, and really cute. I am voting. Oh, I am going with if anything happens, I love you. That is my favorite out of the five, and I know sometimes we shouldn't go with our favorites. Um, but that's, that's the what... one that just punches you in the gut and makes you cry like a baby so again haven't seen it but i'm going with that too i haven't seen these ones uh the shorts are usually the category i, I miss that's the biggest category i, I generally watch miss. out for burrow um burrow is this there's this analogy out there um what is it? the apple in the bag of oranges um referring to you know there's something in, in movie world there's this something about um this apple in the bag of oranges where something sticks out out of everything and burrow is the cutesy little animal movie mm -hmm. from pixar in this category uh, okay yeah so yeah. burrow could easily win it's accessible in disney plus and what i read was when disney plus when disney sent the screeners out for soul to voters they included burrow right before um soul when they press play so that's burrow, a good strategy burrow could definitely win um an animal little animal shorts tend to win a lot in this category so but i went with what i like and and if anything happens i love you i really really loved and cried my eyes out yeah that's a good that's a good strategy i mean pixar knows what they're doing people could say oh i saw that one so yeah. they could easily check that one off that's a good yeah. point well because originally burrow was going to be in front of soul in the movies but you know, something, oh my God, what is it called? Um, pandemic happened. <laughs> uh, so we didn't get Soul in the movies. So they just released both of them in, in Disney Plus. But for the screeners, they put it in front of Soul. So we'll see. So next category was visual effects. Here we had the nominees of Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. Now, this category is a really interesting one because there's, there's a, a bunch of variety here. These aren't really the most Oscar-y movies. So what did you go with here? Did you have one chosen for this? I do. Um, like you said, I don't think four, I think four out of these five are not what you might think of as Oscar-y movies. So having said that, I went with Tenet, with, which feels like the Oscar movie. Um, mm. And one thing that I did love about Tenon was the visual effects, especially those last 45 minutes, which I think are phenomenal. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I went with Tenet, but I think it's not locked. I can see one or two other films taking this away from it. 
I went with Tenet as well. Um, I've seen most of these movies. I never even heard of the one and only Ivan before, which is saying something. It's, I think that's what the that's the Brian Cranston. The Brian Cranston movie, in Disney right? Plus, yeah. Oh God, yeah. It's like, so I don't... sweet. It's not your type of movie. <sighs> no, it's 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 not. But I will say but... this: having having seen these five, I have issues with Milan. Mm-hmm. But I do think all five are worthy to be in this category because I do think the effects are really good in all of them. And again, the other one is Monster Love and Monsters. I I don't know how that got in here. It's because it's all. good. Cause it's good. That's why. <laughs> sure. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah. And the effects this... are the effects are actually really really great. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm going with Tenet. I think the the power of that movie. I think it's it's totally underserved at the Oscars this year, but. Uh, that's why I had to go with that one in there. Yeah, I mean, it's the other one nominated in any other category. So yeah. by that, you should go with Tenet. But yeah, we'll see. Watch out for Midnight Sky. I think Midnight Sky is that typical space movie mm-hmm. that wins a lot in this category. That could win, and it's Netflix. So, but yeah, Tenet. Tenet is my vote. Yep. Uh, next, we had sound. They Actually, this is the first year that they combined the two sound categories, mixing and editing. So what did you, what are the nominees for sound? The nominees are Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. And it's a no-brainer. You go with the movie that has the name of the category in its title, Sound of yeah. Metal. <laughs> That's exactly what I went with. I think, I think the, it, it's, it pays close attention to sound. That's why mm-hmm. you want it included in there. It put special attention on the mixing on the editing on the everything within that movie i i remember watching it back in the fall and just noticing how beautifully it sounded because sound plays such a huge part in this if the story's about someone losing their hearing and the way they mix forth the editing of the sound the quality and they show you the risk of losing it mm-hmm. it's a it's very well done and tells the story in it so i definitely went with the sound of metal in that i mean the story is about somebody losing their ability to hear sound um so it makes sense and it's and it's and it's not that it just has the name or it's around that it's good like you said you are you have more of an acute ear for stuff like that i'm i'm not um that trained to listen or to notice things like that but it's really good when someone like me who's like trained to it like picks up on stuff like that it's yeah. just really really good mm-hmm. um our next category is production design this one the nominees are the father ma rainey's black bottom mank news of the world and tenet this one is is an interesting category because production design is is something that i feel i didn't really appreciate that much in the past I don't know. I don't know about you, but in, in previous years, I never really thought about this. I thought like, oh, this is, you know, whatever. But these, this has been called a bunch of different things over time. Production mm-hmm. design, art direction, staging, things like that. They've called it a bunch of different yep. things. But I've gotten a lot more attentive to this thing. I, I think this this is like the overall appearance of the film, I think, is what really comes out in this. And I've I've noticed this and had a lot higher appreciation for this category as of late. What did you pick for your nominee in this? I'm going with Mank. I think this is the one category Mank wins out of its 10 nominations, and it's run the board. Nothing else has beaten it in any of the precursors, and it just won last week or two weeks ago the Set Directors Guild. So just, you know, front runner in this category, I'm going with that. And I, I figure it has to win something out of its 10 nominations, so I think this is it. 
I went with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on this mm. one. I just think because of the staging of it, I think the staging is something that's really powerful and really great. So, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the movie. I think it's it's fine. I, I've talked about it before. I think there's a little bit of overacting in it. I think some of the direction isn't that great, but there's a clear perspective and staging within it. So I'm going with that movie on this one. Although I can certainly appreciate Mank for its visual style, the mm-hmm. choice of going black and white and the, the aesthetic of that time period yep. and like making a thirties a, a film yep. in 2020. It, it, that makes sense. Yeah. So. That's, that's the, the other reason I think it, it does well transporting you to like the back lots of the studios and the movie and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, when you get the 80 year old white people who lived through that era they might vote for that. But like you said, Ma Rainey's definitely in the competition. I think it's it's actually really good production design. And also I think the father is not out of it either. The father, the apartment um in the father play is basically a character in the film. Mm-hmm. It plays really well as kind of like you and I are both or are really huge fans of Westworld season 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and you know it's all centered about the brain and the maze and all that the production design in the father is that the the apartment is a literal visual translation of what he's going through in his brain yeah and i think the production design plays really well with it so it's a good it's a worthy worthy category next we have makeup and hairstyling so what are the nominees for this so the nominees for this are emma hillbilly elegy ma rainey's black bottom mank and Pinocchio. I am choosing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's what I went with as well. It's won everything. It won the Makeup Guild. This category usually goes hand in hand with another category that I'll mention that we'll talk about later. Um. So yeah, it it is it's Ma Rainey for me. Yeah, I don't have much else to talk about on that. I didn't see Hillbillyology. I didn't really plan on seeing it, but <laughs> Hillbilly, the makeup in Hillbillyology is also really good. Um, I mean, I just, what I they just, do with Glenn Close? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bad movie, but what they do with um, with Glenn is really good. Um, I haven't seen seen Pinocchio, but I've seen clips and photos of it. The makeup looks amazing, um, and it was all practical. Um, so. Good for them. Emma is fine. I think Emma got to hear more for the hairstyles and the wigs rather than the makeup, but good category overall. We're going to skip uh, over one of them and go back down to the next category that kind of goes with this, and that's costume design. So the nominees for costume design are, again, Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. <laughs> so not a lot of variation here between the two. The only thing that's missing is Hillbilly Elegy. Um, I went with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on this one as well. I think same. That I think these kind of go together. These two kind of go together. So yeah, same Ma um, Rainey. It's also won pretty much everything. And like you said, these two categories tend to go hand in hand. Yeah. So the next category is editing. Best editing. Who are our nominees? The nominees for editing are The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Do you have one here? I I went in this category. I went with Sound of Metal. I think Sound of Metal is pretty well done. That's also one of the 
the odds on favorites in this category. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of looked at that too, that, that kind of weighed into it Mm -hmm. for me, but I could see some other categories, some other films taking some of it. I think the trial of Chicago seven has some pretty significant editing in it. I mean, there's really good editing back and forth. The Sorkin scripts do a really good job of intercutting a lot. And he does a lot of intercutting in this film. So I do think that, that will, that could play into it, and there's a good potential of the trial of Chicago Seven taking this one. But I just went with Sound of Metal. I think Sound of Metal is it's just well done, and I I genuinely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So I think it's I think it does have some pretty good editing. The pacing is great in that film. I think mm-hmm. it really does draw you in and doesn't keep you. It, it it's not boring at any moment. I wouldn't say so. I think the editing is is well done there. I am with you. That sound of metal for me, it's the best editing out of these five. I am not choosing it though. I am going with the trial of the Chicago seven. And the reason is because I don't think a lot of people understand what editing is. And I think Mm. they think this is a kind of like most or the most category. And a lot of people like think editing is the most edited one. And I think Chicago seven is that, mm-hmm. um, I think the editing in sound of metal, um, goes into like the subtle area. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I wouldn't be surprised if it wins. Cause it reminds me of whiplash when it won like six years ago. So I can see sound of metal pulling that off. Um, but I went with trial. I think trial is, is winning this one. It's funny because you, you mentioned the the fact that people see most editing and they think that's what the award goes to. Mm. And when I teach editing, I always talk about the the thing with editing, when you know it's good is when you don't see it at all. Mm-hmm. If you don't see edits at all, it's really, really good. And I think that's what Sound of Metal does so well yep. is it's really subtle. And you know me, I, I talk about it all the time. Subtlety is my favorite thing in film. Yep. I think subtlety is very, very big. It's, it's one thing that's happening in my my rewatch of, or my my sort of weekly watches of, of classic films. I'm finding a lot more subtlety in film and I love seeing that. And it's something that I think is just continuing here. Yeah, and I, I'm and you know how I feel it's on a metal. There's I love that movie, and I would be really happy if it ends up winning, for sure. So hopefully it does, but I have to go with Chicago. All right, our next category is cinematography, and the nominees for this are Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. What are your thoughts on this category? I think it's down to two. I think it's Mank and Nomadland. I think it's between those two. Um, I'm going to go with Nomadland. I think that's, you know, it's just beautiful cinematography. What Chloe Zhao does is amazing. But watch out for Mank because Mank won over the weekend. It won the Cinematographer's Guild over Nomadland in a huge upset in the last four days of voting. So Mm. you never know what could happen. But I'm going with Nomadland. I went with Nomadland as well. I think I think you might be putting a little bit too much credit for the Cinematography Guild. There's not that many people in it. I think it's, you know, I don't think that there's all that many people that are involved in that category. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think. I, you know I me. Yeah, we, see, yeah. we already started with the stats. You know me yeah. in stats. <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, I did go with Nomadland. So. Well, t- 
to to be fair, I think it's just Roger Deakins like a fifteen times in the cinematography guild. He just keeps voting. <laughs> it's our uh, Deakins and Lubeski. Those are the only two. <laughs> it's those two. Yeah, Chivo nice. and Deakins. <laughs> that's that's pretty much pretty much it for for that guild. Uh, that's those are the big names there. But I, I yeah, I, I just think that Nomadland has some amazingly beautiful shots, and yeah. that's why I mean. It's nominated for editing, and it's very subtle and very beautiful. But I don't think there's enough edits in it at all. Like it's just long shots of just the the Midwest that are just <laughs> stunning to look at. Yeah. So I definitely went with with Nomadland on that one. Yeah. Same. Okay, so we have the same one. Well, we'll yeah. if it loses, we'll lose together. Yeah, that's I think what's going to happen across all of this. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of similarity across all the categories. Next next category is. I know one you're super excited about, and that's original song, especially because they are going to be performing these ahead of the show. And the first nominee is one that you're specifically excited for. But why don't you read us all the nominees here? Uh, So the nominees for song are Husavik, my hometown from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, You'll You'll See, Seen, The Life Ahead, Speak Now, One Night in Miami, and Hear My Voice from the Trial of the Chicago 7. And you know that I have been rooting for Husevic for a <laughs> long time. That is my favorite song out of these. I want this to win. However, I am not choosing it. But I <laughs> want it to win, and I want to be proven wrong in this. I, however, and this is where we go into stats again, and just because this is just a guilty pleasure of mine. I am going with Yossi, Scene from the Life Ahead, um, written by Diane Warren. Diane Warren, for me, is in the Glenn Close world. I need her to win an Oscar. Give that woman an Oscar. She's been nominated 12 times for a song. Um, She's given us some of the most iconic songs out there, including... One of uh, a song from I know one of Kayla's favorite movies, Armageddon. I don't want to miss a thing. Um, so I just wanted to win. Uh, but to be fair, taking taking that outside and before you jumped out my throat, um, I think all five are actually good. Um, I do think Husavik and Yosin are my favorites, but I can see any of the five take this. It's funny you mentioned that, and um, I, you know me, I've said it many times. I could not care less about people's resumes and some of this stuff. <laughs> like she's, yeah, she's written a bunch of songs. That's great. Maybe she should have written better songs to win the awards. You know, that's all. I, I don't care about this, this one, that one at all. I don't care about her resume. I have no idea who that is. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's fine. She should have just written better songs. You don't want to miss a thing. It's for, fine. For it's the good. one person who listens to the C, he brings down my joy. He brings <laughs> it, down my joy. Look, you, you don't want to miss a thing is a great song. Armageddon is not a great f- film. I mean, it's it's no, don't get me wrong. No, that's not the right word to, way to put it. It is a great film that should definitely never win any Oscars. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, There's a lot of great films out there. Has an Oscar. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I, we watched um, we watched the way we were over the weekend, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, I know Kayla's going to kill me, so but she doesn't listen to the podcast this far in anyway, so she won't hear this. But I did not think it was that great of a movie, and it has the same number of Oscars that Suicide Squad has, and I kept reminding her of it, and she's like, "Stop talking about that." <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you're awful. 
You are awful. It's just not that great of a movie. Anyway, I, I went with I would speak now on that on this. I just think that it's you can't you can't mess with uh, Leslie Odom in this. So you can't mess with him in this. He's really talented. I think he's got a a lot to say. But I would love if Husevic wins this. Yes. That would be incredible, especially especially if they allow Will Ferrell to walk up on stage and accept the Oscar. You well, know, he like he didn't write it, right? Did he write I it? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> in he's, his character, like you want to see him. In yes, his I want him in his character to walk up there. I don't care <laughs> if he wrote it or not. That's great. I don't care. I want him to go up there and take it. Like you know, like that's that's what I care about here. <laughs> uh, no, I want Husavik to win. Um, I will jump for joy if that happens. Not predicting yeah. it. Sorry, but I, I can't wait to see the performance because they actually taped the performance in Husavik, Iceland. So it's amazing that we're getting that performance from there so that'll be really fun just to say something about speak now um because you know again me and stats um my um reservation with it is two things i think fight for you speak now and hear my voice kind of are in the same realm when it comes to messaging like there are three message songs um for three message movies and then the second thing is the last four years, we've had a combination of nominations for acting and songwriting. We had Mary J. Blige, we had Gaga, we had Cynthia Revo last year, and now we have Leslie Odom Jr. Only Gaga out of those four ended up winning one of those two nominations. Totally so, deserved to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shallow, come on. Um, so, you know, it hasn't happened. Um, he's the first guy to do this. So we'll see, but I think he's great. I love him. So if he wins, awesome. And I think the song is pretty good. Um, and I love One Night in Miami. I think it was really underrepresented at the Oscars, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I think any of the five I'm fine with, but give me Husavik, although I'm going with Diane Warren. Our next category is for original score. Now, this one we have the only nomination for The Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. Now, this is an interesting one just because uh, Trent Reznor gets nominated twice, I believe, in this category. Yes. Uh, he, he's nominated also for writing. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross both wrote Mank and Soul. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be any overlap and like vote splitting. I think I think Soul's going to take it. That's been the, the score for this. So that's Same. Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. Yep. You, you went with that too? Yeah, Soul. It's run the board everywhere. It hasn't lost yeah. one precursor. We've the only thing I like about this movie is the score. It's a it's an awesome jazz score, and it's interesting because it's done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who are not jazzy. They're not known for their jazz. They're known mm -hmm. for their metal, uh, not for their jazz. But John Batiste, I guess, brought them back, brought them in because John Batiste is just brilliant, amazing, at this and uh, drew them in. So I think that's definitely going to be the thing that. We'll take yeah, it and a little piece think of it. yeah, and a little piece of trivia. I was really excited that they got in because originally they had to appeal. So when um, so the rules for score at the Oscars is that um, whoever the composers are, they need to work in all of the score. Um, whereas the sole score, each one of them worked in different pieces throughout the movie or in diff different themes. Um, but they appealed that, and through the bylaws, they were allowed. Um, to be shortlisted, they got nominated, and I think they're eventually going to win. Um, so I'm really glad that they did not, they weren't left out because of that dumb rule, which apparently they're going to change over the summer. 
that's the Disney machine right there. They just yep. know how to push the buttons and get their get their people in there. So you just bend the rules, break the rules, put them in there. I think that makes sense. That so that's that'll definitely win that one. I'm I'm mm-hmm. pretty confident in this category here. Our next category is documentary feature. Now I've not seen. Actually, this is interesting because this is the first year I've not seen any of these. But what are our nominees? Um, the nominees for documentary feature are Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. Thoughts. Thoughts. Um, it's My Octopus Teacher. Uh, that you know, that's the one that came out of nowhere and has been winning everything. Um. I've only seen two of these. I saw my octopus teacher and time. I think time out of those two is the best one, but octopus teacher has the Netflix factor and has the cute little animal factor. Um, so octopus teacher is, is my vote. Yeah. That's what I went with too. I'm just going with what the experts are saying to be totally honest. I, I have not seen these. Um, and it, it's really interesting. Cause I don't think, um, I don't think this category has ever had a nature documentary win. I mean, like an animal, animal kind of oh, okay. like win. Um, I think this would be this would be the first time, and don't quote me on that, but I believe it's really rare for like a nature animal documentary to end up winning in this category. So that'll be fun. But I liked it. It's so cute, and it has sharks and octopuses and squids and stuff. So okay. It's cute. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Next category is the animated feature. And this one has the nominees of Onward, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. Now, this one I've seen uh, only two of these, but I'm going with Soul. Uh, It's the Disney, it's the Disney Pixar machine. It's really, really bad, bad to bet against Disney Pixar. We've talked about this when we did our Shrek podcast. They've only lost twice. They're not losing this year, in my mind. No, of course not. You know, it got nominated for score. It's Soul. It's going to break my heart because Wolf Walkers is the better movie. Um, and I wish Wolf Walkers would win, but it's Soul. You just don't bet against Pixar. You know, Soul. And it's Soul what, got three, two other nominations. So got sound and score can't bet against it yeah our our next category is international feature what are our nominees the nominees for international feature are another round better days collective the man who sold his skin Quavadis aida it's now, easy yeah for me this is a this is an easy decision yeah it's a no-brainer it's another uh, round it's another round yeah i it's funny I mean, I feel bad because I haven't seen the other films, but I did see another round, and it is an absolutely fantastic film. I loved another round. We've talked about that a little bit. Uh, I know you caught up on that recently, and it's it's just a great film. It's a great film. It's something that's different, and to just show that this is going to win, just as like more proof that this could win, is the fact that Thomas Vinterberg is nominated for Best Director, that's which it. is extremely rare for a film to be nominated from the foreign language film the inner sorry the international feature because it's not foreign language anymore it's international feature to go to director as well that's such a rare feat yep. and 
that's definitely the thing that's going to lock it in for me. It yeah. is a great movie. It is a really, really good movie. It's on it's on Hulu, and I, I really continue to recommend it. But that's just going to – that's the lock for me. Yeah, it's there's no doubt. If you have any doubts, just look at the best director lineup. <laughs> that's it. It's another round. It's locked yeah. and loaded. Before we move on to our above-the-line nominees and our above-the-line awards, we're just going to take a quick break. Diving back into our categories, we're going to go right with the adapted screenplay. So our nominees for adapted screenplay are Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. The Father, Nomadland, and One Night in Miami. Oh, and The White Tiger. Sorry, I don't know why I forgot about that. I think the the title for the Borat film is so unbelievably long, I thought I read all of them. You read all five nominees right there in that title. Yeah, I thought it sounds like it. (laughs) Fair. What are you going with this? You know, I was trying to think about this. It's it's tough, but I think that there's a lot of push behind Nomadland on this. And I think I went with Chloe Zhao for, for Nomadland. Although I could see, I could actually see Kemp Powers for One Night in Miami winning this, or or even in in the uh, Christopher Hampton and, and Florian Zeller for The Father, just because sometimes this is a compensation award. I don't know if you've seen this before, but there is generally a compensation award. Like sometimes if they're not going to win Best Picture, then they win one of these awards. I've seen that happen before. What did you go with? Um, I have officially not chosen yet because uh, I wanted Ooh. to hear what you said. Um, I am between two. I am between The Father and Nomadland. The only reason I'm, I am toying with the idea of Nomadland is because it's the front runner for best picture. And usually in the last decade, picture and screenplay have gone hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think the strength of this movie is the screenplay. Um, yes, I know that dialogue is not everything in a screenplay. Um but you know, it's I don't I don't think it's necessarily a strong point of the movie. I think the movie is the direction, the performance, the cinematography, rather than the screenplay. I think the father is your typical screenplay winner. It's the wordy screenplay. It's the theatrical um, screenplay. You have two um, plays here: One Night in Miami and The Father. They're both plays. Um, and unlike Ma Rainey, which I understand people's complaints that it, they didn't make it as cinematic, I think these two movies make um, those plays cinematic. Yeah. I. My favorite is The Father. I want The Father to win, but oh damn, I have no idea. And I have to choose one for this podcast. You gotta make and a it's move. It's set in stone, and I can't change it later. Um, I'm going with Nomadland. Uh, I'm just just because it's the front runner for picture, and I I can't escape. You know me and stats, although they're not meant, they're not everything. I just can't shake the idea of screenplay and best picture not going together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want the father to win. I could see I could see the father winning like I said before. I could see it kind of as like the compensation for not winning best picture. It's going to win adapted. I could see that happening, but I definitely went with no badly as well. So we're 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 the same on there. Now let's move over to original screenplay. Who do we have nominated here? So the nominees for original screenplay are Judas and the Black Messiah, Minati, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. 
I, I mean, <laughs> you know what I went with here for? Yeah. Promising Young Woman. It's run the board everywhere. It hasn't lost an original screenplay anywhere. Um, I think this is the one category that it probably has in the bag. And I do think it's out of these five, I just, it reminds me of Get Out. It's like original and and very out of the box and it hits you in your gut. So Promising Young Woman is my pick. See, in this category, I went with The Trial of Chicago 7. I went with that. Now, I don't think that it's going to win necessarily. I'm not saying it's the odds-on favorite. It's not the odds-on favorite, but I just think that Aaron Sorkin does have a lot of clout behind him. People really do seem to like this movie. It's not as split controversial as some of Promising Young Woman, Mm -hmm. but I just think that Aaron Sorkin just also does have some clout behind him, and maybe the the snub in the director's seat will give him him this little push here. So I think that's one thing that some people will weigh in on there. So I think that can happen. Now, I honestly, the other category, the other nominees in this category, I wouldn't be all that surprised with either. I mean, it's kind of a crazy category. This is a really good one. But I think obviously Promising Young Woman and The Trial of Chicago 7 are at the forefront of Oscar voters. But Minari, I think, has a beautiful story. And, you know, Lee Isaac Chung, this is the only thing he's nominated for here. So I think he has the opportunity there. Well, he's nominated for director. Oh, my bad. I totally missed that. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, he is nominated for director, too. But, you know, I I think that there is a chance here that he Mm -hmm. can win in this category. And I think uh, Will Burson and and Shaka King did a great job for for Judas and the Black Messiah. They got a lot of um, approval from all the people in involved in that movie and all the actual like living people still with that. So that was a really, that was a, a big part there that could give them some more support. And there's been a bit, a bit of a push there too, but I really do think that it'll still be, I, I think just the trial of Chicago seven and the Sorkin machine might, might just, just quip it there at the end. I will say this. I do think Chicago is number two. I'm not a fan of Chicago 7. I don't think this is Aaron Sorkin's best work by any means. That's just my personal thoughts. But he is Aaron Sorkin. Uh, people love him. He hasn't won this category, what, in 10 years in Social Network? 10, 11 years? Yeah. Um, but get ready for a Green Book upset if he wins screenplay. I think that if he, if he wins screenplay early in the evening, and we don't still, we still don't know the order uh, in which they're presenting the awards, mm. but if original screenplay goes to Sorkin, I think Trial of Chicago 7 is winning Best Picture in a Green Book upset, the year that Green Book, the screenplay, beat the favorite. So if Sorkin wins screenplay, it's going to be an interesting end to the night. Um, I really hope he doesn't. I just want Promising Young Woman to win something, and I think this is where it is, so we'll see. But I agree with you that Chicago 7, he's Sorkin. You can't underestimate Sorkin, although they haven't gone for him lately. Um, You know, Steve Jobs and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll see. Um, But, yeah, he's, he's, he's not out. He is not out of it at all, at all. So our next category is uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. So here we have Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yu Jung-yoon for Minari. Now, this one has was a little more open at the beginning of the award season until Yu Jung-yoon was nominated 
and which she just started taking it and crushing it through here. Yep. How it and just how it should be. Yeah, she's she's just been absolutely crushing it through this whole award season now. She's really it's funny because going into this, the 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 front runner for this category was actually at the beginning of the whole season was Amanda Seyfried and and she won nothing. She didn't she even won, win, win. She didn't even uh, win any she, critics prizes. Nothing at all, and it, she's fallen to the bottom of the rankings here. And now, yeah, I think that Yoon Jung Yeon is going to come in, and she's going to to take it. I, I that's yeah. my prediction. Yeah, um, I'm with you. It's Yoon Jung Yoon. Um, she is the star of. She's one of the stars of the season. I don't know if you've seen her speeches. Her BAFTA speech was amazing. The fact that she called British people to their faces snobs. And she's like, they, I, I just won an award by snobby people, which means that they like me and I did a good job. If English snob people are voting for me, it was hilarious. She's adorable. She's the grandmother that you just want to hug. She's literally playing a grandmother in the movie. Um, it's her. It, it, it's her. I, at the beginning of the season, I wanted Bakalova to win, but I was always aware that that's not a performance the Oscars go for. So her reward was getting the nomination. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's Yu Young Yoon for Minati, and I will be ecstatic for her to win let's be clear you didn't want maria bakalova to win you wanted glenn close to win because you keep going on this narrative that she deserves an oscar i well i do think she deserves an oscar but i was always i always told you i like her performance in hillbilly elegy there's no way she's gonna win for hillbilly elegy yeah well watch her win watch her oh my beat. god watch her win for this and you I know me it. i ride glenn close's train hard but she should not win for this <laughs> And I like her performance. I think it's worthy of a nomination, not for a win. Well, we'll see how that runs out because the Oscars are weird. The next (laughs) category we have is Best Actor in a Supporting Role. This one is a little bit more straightforward, I think. What are the nominees? The nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racky, Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. I still can't get over that Lakeith Stanfield is in this category. It's because we have there's no lead move, lead in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. There's no, they're both supporting apparently. <laughs> it's Jesse Plemons. He's the lead of the movie apparently. Yeah, that's so bizarre. It's so weird. I mean, this is the lock of the night. Yeah. In the acting categories, this is the only lock of the night, and it's Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. There's just no yeah. way he loses this. I can't see I can't see him possibly losing this. I think no. he's fantastic in the movie. I've said it since the very beginning. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. There's there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to to lose this one. I remember at the beginning of the season people were like, "Are we sure he's going to win it?" And then as soon as he won, they're like, "Oh, okay. We uh, he just started with the Golden Globes and steamrolled through yep. every single award show." Yep. Especially when they it's funny cuz I remember back in the Golden Globes they cut his mic short. And then he's like, you're doing me dirty. You're doing me dirty. They haven't done it since. So he's crushed it. Yeah. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were a voter, would would he be your vote out of these five? Yeah, 100%. Okay. He wouldn't be mine. Who would be yours? Paul Racky for Sound of Metal. Mm. He would be mine. Um, The same, and we'll get to actor, but Paul Racky would be mine. But I am not mad that Daniel Kaluuya is going to win. I think he's a phenomenal performer. He gives a phenomenal performance. Now, here's the thing. If this were actually done correctly and Daniel Kaluuya was not in this category because he shouldn't be, he's not a supporting actor. He is the lead actor in this movie. If that were the case, I think Paul Racky would have had a much better shot of winning because Mm -hmm. 
Daniel Kaluuya is not the supporting actor in this film. He but, is the lead. But to be fair, four out of these five people are the leads of their movie. I don't think so necessarily. I don't think Sasha Baron Cohen is the lead. It's such an ensemble cast that you can make an argument that there is no real technical lead. I don't think Leslie Odom Jr. is the lead in that. I think he is more of supporting um, in One Night in Miami. And Lakeith Stanfield, I think, is the supporting actor in this. So I think that Daniel Kaluuya is such category for because he's definitely the he is the black messiah in that film. And he is the lead focus of that film. So I think for of all of them, he is the most category fraud. I could see the argument you're making for mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen and, and maybe Leslie Ozum Jr. But I, I just think that those are those could be considered more supporting where Dan Kaluuya is clearly the lead in that film. But I think, if. Yeah. If he wasn't there, I would definitely say Paul Racky should should be nominated. Should yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think, and we can talk about this probably in in, in actress as well, because um, I also have issues with somebody in that category. Um, you know, I think this idea of category fraud. I think they they should find a way to tie in regulations a little bit more because mm-hmm. you get people just doing category fraud all the time, and I just think it's unfair. Yeah. Um, and I love that they win because they're great actors that I love, but it's it's so unfair. And I'll use an example in the next category to enhance that conversation. So uh, speaking of that, our next category is actress in a leading role. Here we have Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. This is this is the this is the challenge of the night because we've had like you said we've had a different winner for each of the major award shows. Now, what's unfortunate here is the only one that has not won any awards for her performance is Vanessa Kirby. She's, she's just kind of she's the passenger on this ride and yeah, I feel really out. bad because from what I've heard of this movie, I haven't seen pieces of a woman, but from what I've heard it is a brilliant performance and it's a very tragic performance. Yeah. And I like Vanessa Kirby. I think she's pretty talented, um, but she's out on this one. And she's it really out. It's, it's a four-way four four. race. It's and not it, a five-way race. The thing in this one is it really is shaping up to look like a four-way race, but mm-hmm. I think it's coming down to two people. Really, it's coming down to the wire. We got down to two, maybe three people. But I know this one is tough for you. Have you made a decision? No. No, we need to talk about this. So the podcast is going to be now an extra hour just talking about this category. I have no idea what to do here because I'm taking Vanessa Kirby out. She's out. Like, there's no watch her yeah. win. And then everybody won an award for their performances in this category. I don't. I, that would be an absolutely bizarre <laughs> That would be so, so yeah, I don't, crazy. I don't see that happening. But yeah, she's out. For me, she is out. It's Viola, um, Andra, Francis, and Carrie in this race. It is hard. It's really hard because trying to be okay. Let me not be objective for one second. My favorite performance is Carrie Mulligan. She's my mm-hmm. favorite performance of the year. I think she deserves to win. I would I would vote for her if I were an Academy voter. I think she wasn't nominated at BAFTA because BAFTA changed the rules this year and they only chose six people to do their nominees in committees. I still think, and we'll never know, but I think if she would have gotten in at BAFTA. She would have won. But I also, you know, me and stats, I also put a lot of weight in SAG, which is usually the biggest 
um, precursor to the acting categories, and that was won by Viola, who is a f who gives a phenomenal performance in Marini's Black Bottom. For someone like Steve to say that she actually that he actually loved her in the movie means that she did really good. Um, I do think she's supporting. I am sorry if people get mad with me when I say that, but I don't think she's lead in the movie. Um, but I don't I don't know what to do here. And then Andre Day <laughs> is just like her is the biopic. She won Globe. The Oscars love singers. You know, Cher, Gaga, um, Diana Ross, all these people get in and win sometimes. Um, Frances McDormand is in the best picture frontrunner. She won a few years ago. She can very well win her third. She probably is going to win her third anyway for producing Nomadland. I have, I, I don't know. Whoever gets this right deserves an Oscar. <laughs> Whoever gets this category right deserves an Oscar. Well, then I think I'm going to win because I went with Viola Davis. Uh, you know, I think she's phenomenal in this movie. I think Carrie Mulligan is a little bit more of a risk on this one. I don't think that she's a lock necessarily. Um, I don't think Frances McDormand puts in as big of a performance. And I don't think Andre Day has the, the, the clout or power behind her. Um, in this race so I went with Viola Davis I think she has she puts in a great performance and I can understand the idea of it being a supporting character I could definitely see it being supporting but she's in it for the the lead um it she she's running a fine race where it's like between it's it could be lead it could be supporting it could be kind of somewhere in between there uh, so I could see you you claiming she should yep. be in the the supporting I can understand that but because she's nominated here of her winning yeah. i think she's absolutely magnetic in this film um i i really appreciate her performance i've had her in i had her for the golden globes i picked her for that i think that she's really putting in a great performance although i've said this before i'm not the biggest fan of viola davis and a lot of her performances are either hit or miss she really doesn't hit every time but I think this is this is one of her hits. I think that she could win here. Uh, she's not the odds-on favorite necessarily, but or the top pick. But it's it's a it's a really really close race here too. So I don't know who. I, that's why I went with. I just didn't think. I know Carrie Mulligan's got a lot of great performances and a lot of great picks behind her, but I just went with Viola Davis here. It's. Oh. It's so hard, and I need to pick one, right? You're making me yeah, pick one. Yeah, you do. You have to pick one. Uh, That's how this game works. You know, it's like like we we we've been saying. I think you can make an argument for four of them to win, and I think you can make an argument for four of them to lose because they are all missing precursors. That's the thing. I I have to go with my stats. I put more weight in SAG. I am choosing Viola Davis for the win, but I want Carrie Mulligan to be called that night. Way to be a way to not take your risk there. Way to no, not take your shot. No, I need to. I, think, I need to. I'm not gonna take. I I need to beat you. It's not about taking risk. No, I, think, I just think SAG has more weight. I think you're overpowering the 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 percentages there because from what I was I was looking this up a little while ago and I don't know where the stat is now, um, but. The the actors are not as big as you might think. I think it's only about seventeen percent of the academy is actors, so I which don't. Which is the it, biggest branch? But it's actually it it's not anymore. It's actually the um, 
I think the producing and all of those other extra things has become the bigger branch. And they've added so many people that 17% is not that big anymore uh, for a voting block. So I don't know that it's as important where it used to be really big. It used to be a very, very big one because you get, you know, you get 20 nominees every single time. It's not as important anymore. So, um, I'm just, I'm just going to go with, I've had Viola Davis from the beginning. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with my guns and, and go with Viola Davis here. Yeah. I'm choosing her. I want Carrie to be called. I hope Carrie gets called, but to be fair, any of those four, and I love Vanessa Kirby in the movie. Nobody can be mad if any of the other four win because they actually, I hate United States, Billy holiday. I think it's a bad movie, but her performance is phenomenal. So we'll know when they call the name. And again, whoever gets this right, deserve an, deserves an Oscar. There you go. Um, next category we have is best actor in a leading role. Who did you, what are the nominees here? So the nominees are Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Steven Yoon for Minotti. Um, this one was pretty easy, I think. Yeah, it's Chadwick. Um, I can't go against yeah. that narrative. I can't, I wouldn't vote for him. He wouldn't be my vote. Um, no, he but wouldn't be mine either, but it's it's Chadwick. You can't just you you can't go against that narrative. I will say this: I think he's winning. I think he's ninety five percent a lock to win. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if Anthony Hopkins is called. Oh, I'd be de- he, I'd be dead dead I, shocked. There's I no I, I, no. I I wouldn't because I think he peaked right at the same. He he pe- he peaked at the correct time. He won he pe- BAFTA. The father be- premiered just when it needed to. So it could happen. Honestly, he peaked. He peaked at the right time in the UK, but this isn't the UK. He's not going to win it here. I don't think that he has any shot here of winning this. I think the the narrative around Chadwick Boseman and his his importance in in American cinema is something that I think will be rewarded with this. With yeah, this he's award. winning. I don't think it's the best performance. Again, mm. we've talked about it. Even. You know, I think Riz Ahmed puts in a really phenomenal performance. That would have, that would have been mine. Would Would Riz be your vote? That would be my vote in this one. Mine too. Uh, again, I haven't seen The Father, and I've heard Anthony Hopkins is brilliant in it. If you were to take this category and put in Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know where this award would go because I think that that point would change a lot of stuff. Uh, it would it would change quite a lot in this category. I think he would he would stand a chance as well in this category, but he's not here. Um, but I do think that Chadwick Boseman will win this. Uh, his the speeches that have been given by his his, his wife, wife. Have been really really great, and I do I, I you can support it. I can support his his performance. He does put in a very big performance in this movie. Again, I've mentioned it before. I'm not the biggest fan of his performance in this. I think, in my mind, he goes a little bit too big, but that's just my interpretation he of get, it. I agree with you. I think it's per. I really do think his performance would have, if he, if the narrative would have been different, if he was still with us, I still think he would be in competition for the Oscar. Um, I do agree with you that his he gives a theatrical performance. That's exactly what I was going to say. His performance is a brilliant stage performance, yes. which is what it is. It's a it's a staged play, but I don't think it's a great film performance. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a brilliant, absolutely fantastic stage performance. But for me, it's not the best 
film performance. Yeah, I think it it doesn't work. It doesn't translate as well for me. Yeah, I would vote. I would vote if I would rank these. I would do Riz, Hopkins, Bozeman, Young, and Oldman. I will say this. I think this is actually one of the strongest. Taking Gary Oldman out because I did not like what he did in Mank at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is probably one of the strongest best actor group in probably like 10 years. Um, I'm really, really happy with this group. Um, Steven Young and Minari's phenomenal. I think he's worthy of a win as well. It's a very subdued um, performance. He reminds me of Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, a very internal kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're great. It's a it's a great category. Whoever wins, which I we all we both think is going to be Chadwick, um, deserves the Oscar. So yeah. Well, ultimately, I think what's going to happen is these people aren't necessarily going to go away. Maybe Anthony Hopkins, honestly, might go away just because he might not be in many films after this because he's apparently struggling to remember his lines and things like that. Like that's what I've heard. I mean, he's point. 88 years old. Yeah, he, he's pretty old. Um, Gary Oldman's not going away. He's still going to keep making movies because he's a lot younger than we think he is. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he'll keep making them. Riz Ahmed, I'm not sure he's going to break into these th- that much in the future, but I think he is brilliant. But Steven Yun is definitely one to keep an eye on because he is emerging as a, a very talented actor and he's yep. going to take on much bigger roles in the future and is going to continue to yes be in these types of performances he's being recognized this is just the start of his recognition i think yep. there's there's a lot more to him and we're going to see him a lot more I, in the future. yep i love that he's having this um this career I, I was a huge fan of the walking dead so i'm happy that glenn is getting his due i think he's always been a great actor so i'm really happy um, again, it's going to be a fun night if, 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 and probably when Bozeman wins, it's going to be really emotional to see his wife mm-hmm. give that speech. She's been amazing. Um, I mean, and this is the only chance we'll, they would get to recognize him. So yeah, you can't be mad. It, it, it's a worthy performance to join Peter Finch and Heath Ledger as the posthumous winners. It's definitely mm-hmm. a worthy performance to join those two. Our next category is Best Director. Here we have Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. This one is the lock of another one of the huge, huge yeah. locks of the night. It's very heavily in the favor of Chloe Zhao. There's, she puts in a, a great, great directorial film here and i really think that she's going to take it yep. i don't think there's much of a competition in this one to be honest not to knock these other directors i think they do a great job you know i think emerald Fennell has a really great vision for this i think thomas vinterberg getting in says something about his chances i mean he, just being nominated is, is really a shock but i just i think it's such a lock for chloe Zhao that Anything else would be a complete upset. Yeah, it's Chloe. It's Chloe. Um, you know, um, kudos on the Oscars for nominating two women. The first time that's ever happened in 93 years. Um, mm-hmm. I do, like you said, I, I, I think love or hate Promising Young Woman or, you know, whatever you feel about it. I think the directing style is really good. I think she she put in a solid first film. Uh, but it's, it's Chloe. And just a little piece of interesting trivia when Chloe Zhao wins on Sunday, because um, if she doesn't win 
Hollywood is done and it'll burn down, it'll burn to the ground. So when she wins, she will become the um only the second director ever to win every single award since critics started giving prizes in November. Oh wow. The only she will be the second director ever in history to win every single thing on the way to the Oscars. The first one being Ang Lee for Brokeback Mountain. Oh. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask what the other one was. That's yeah. that's great. And it two Asian directors, the only two yeah. that have won every single thing on the way to the Oscars. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. That's that's really interesting. <laughs> that's really great. I mean, she does a she does a phenomenal job. Uh, there's there's no doubt. It would be really shocking if she lost this. Yeah, it, it, it very, it's very just just no there's just no way. There's just no way. There, there's no way she's losing this. It would literally be the end of the Oscars. If she loses this, I think the Oscars should cease to exist. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I think anything <laughs> should anything should and could happen. But I don't think that um I don't think she's gonna lose. There's there's that would be a very, very big upset. Yeah. We would just have to chug some more of our vanity fair uh cocktails, cocktails. that we gotta go down there. We're gonna we're gonna be drinking a lot of winners and going for golds. A lot of them. Uh, so our our last category here we're finally coming around to it our last category for best picture what are the nominees the nominees for best picture are the father judas and the black messiah mank minari nomadland promising young woman sound of metal and the trial of the chicago seven this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Because although I think she is a lock for director, I am going with Nomadland. It's won everything. I don't think it's a lock. Like, I don't think it's a lock like she is in director. Um, but I do think it's way up front. Um, but Nomadland, it's, it's my pick with Chicago 7 as the spoiler. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Now, I, I went with... Nomadland as well. I could see the trial of Chicago Seven taking uh, a little bit of a, a spoiler alert there. Now, what would be a great surprise? And from a lot of the narrative I've been hearing more lately, Minari would be mm -hmm. a beautiful surprise. There's a lot of people who've been seeing it, and everybody that has seen it, they want to tell you they've seen it. It's a beautiful film. They they love the story. It's it's beautiful. So I could see that being a pleasant upset, mm -hmm. but. I, I had to go with Nomadland on this one again. It's it's the it's the been the most popular one. It has a little bit of a message. It's not as political. It's not. It's it's the nice film of this all. I think yeah. it is a very nice winner in this. It doesn't have much to say. It has some stuff to say, but it's also quiet. I think it it's certainly the front runner here. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, we have to keep in mind that this is done is the only category done in preferential ballot. For you to win, you don't have to be loved. You just have to be liked. Mm -hmm. And the two movies that I think are liked by everyone here are Nomadland and Minati. Everything else could be either divisive or controversial or people like, eh, it's fine, I don't like it or whatever. But there's nobody who does not like Nomadland and there's nobody that doesn't like Minati. So I think those two are ranked high, probably top three in everybody's ballot. Yeah. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, it's an, it would be a nice pleasant surprise and nobody would be mad if Minari ends up winning um, yep. in the end. I, you know, I totally forgot about the preferential ballot. Uh, and I could see with, with that, I think it gives Minari an even better shot of winning mm-hmm. just because if people are like, you know what? I think it's a beautiful movie. I think it's, it's deserving of the number two spot. And the number two spot is a powerful spot to be in in the preferential ballot. Yes. It's not number one. Number two is a very powerful spot to be in. And it could be a lot of people's number two. Maybe if you mm-hmm. like the trial of Chicago seven, because it's a big and more important and loud movie and you rejected the idea of Nomadland because it's so quiet and you don't want to watch Francis McDormand poop in a bucket, then, <laughs> and then, you, put, <laughs> then you put Minari there. You know, I, I don't see, cause like people who like promising young woman, I'm not sure that they're going to be the biggest fans of the trial of the Chicago seven or Nomadland, So they, those might be a little bit further down the list mm-hmm. where Minari gets to sneak in there at the number two. Minari gets those two and three votes. Yeah. They're getting those, they're getting those two and three votes. Cause I mean, I don't know if they're getting all the number ones, but they are a bunch of number twos and number threes, which, which will play into it with the preferential ballot. Because mm-hmm. remember, with the preferential ballot, whatever doesn't, if it doesn't reach over a hundred percent, if it doesn't reach over fifty percent, rather, then the votes that you, the, whatever movie it has the lowest number of number one votes is eliminated. Whatever their ballots had at number two, that becomes their number one, and that's where their votes go. So, some of the ones lower down, something like the Sound of Metal or Mank, I could still see those movies if you put those at your top. I still see Minari being your number two yeah. under those. You know, maybe maybe our Mank, maybe all the Mank heads out there will probably put Trial number two just because they're all Netflix nerds. Or well, whatever. and I think if you look at, and this is me just being controversial, but I think if you are somebody who puts, who votes for Chicago 7 or Mank, um, if you're that person that ranks those one, two, or three, you won't necessarily put Nomadland or Promising Young Woman high in your ballots and vice versa. If you're somebody who puts in Promising Young Woman, Nomadland at one, two or three or Minari, you're probably ranking Mank and Chicago 7 last. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, you know, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, I've seen a lot of people say, um, you know, what can beat Nomadland or because you know that we've had these huge upsets lately, like 1917 was beaten by the small indie parasite. Um, La La Land, Moonlight. Um, the Revenant, um, Spotlight. Um, but the thing is that No Man Land is the small indie film that has won in yeah. the last few. Like Chicago 7 would be the big blockbuster movie and No Man Land is that small indie film that comes to beat it. Um, yeah, I just, I, it's I No would... Man Land. I think that Minari would be the, the interesting upset, especially being an A24 film. I think that could be the even yes. bigger thing. And that would give so much more power to A24, which is if you, the, those that are out there, you probably don't know. A24 is a very small production company. They put out a lot of really, really small, beautiful films. They, yeah, they, they, they take a shot on a lot of people. And I think they, they deserve oscars I, I i really think that their movies are oscar worthy they're just such a small studio that they don't have the production behind it they don't not the production they don't have the promotion behind it and the campaigns they don't have the money for the campaigns that's why i don't think they ever get sort of the same clout as some of these other bigger studios mm-hmm. so 
I think that they would have a great shot at that. I mean, what I would absolutely love is if the trial of Chicago seven does not win just because I, I still would love the narrative of Netflix never winning. I would love that to continue. I still, <laughs> you know, they, they try to buy, they're trying to buy themselves an Oscar, you know, like what was it? Two years ago, they got, uh, Coron putting in, they, they bought him Roma to, two make, years ago, to, make, yeah. to make Roma, which was like the movie, you know, and it didn't win. And then last year they were like, well, let's get Martin Scorsese and we'll get all this great technology and all these big actors to come back. And, you know, we'll, we'll even bring uh, Pesci out of retirement to, to make this movie and that'll win us the Oscar. And it doesn't. And then they're like, well, let's get this Aaron Sorkin movie. It's a courtroom drama. We'll get some big actors in it too. And that doesn't win. I would love for this narrative to keep going just because I, I, I'm not, a, I, I just would love for the, the little guys to win. I like the little guys winning until of course next year when I, we're going to have a whole different discussion on who's going to win that. But you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what's to come for this, this year. Uh, I think I had, I obviously, we both had nomad land on this and mm-hmm. I would love a Minari upset. That would be cute. I would. Um, Trial of Chicago 7? Yeah. No. No, I don't. Uh, for me, Minari, Nomadland, or Promising Young Woman, if any of those three wins, I am super ecstatic. Um, so it, it'll be a fun night. It'll be a fun night. I think Nomadland is deserving. Minari is definitely deserving. I, In my eyes, Promising Young Woman is also very deserving. It's the gutsy film of the year. Um, but yeah, but as long as it's not Mank or Trial, please. Movie gods, no trial and no mank, please. I hear you on that one. But fun times. We'll see what happens on Sunday. That we will. Let's see. How many are we differing on? I'm just curious out of this. How many did we? You wrote them all down. You have the verses. Yeah. I think we're only differing on five awards. So it'll be a close battle uh, throughout the night. I think of the different categories, that'll be really fascinating to see how we differ and who wins? I'm betting on myself because that's why I picked these. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in a year, um, in an unpredictable year, in a pandemic year, I would love, I'm, I'm going to access my inner Joker. I want chaos. Give me unpredictable winners. Give me Vanessa Kirby winning Best Actress. Give me, I don't know, Tony Hopkins winning actor. Give me chaos. That'll be fun. Give me the headlines. Uh, if not, go predictable and just We'll see what happens. But again, it's a fun night. It's my favorite night, of, my favorite day of the year. Um, it's the first time we're not going to see them together, but we'll still yeah. be via Zoom. So that'll be fun. Um, and yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see who beats each other. This is Godzilla versus Kong, Oscars edition. <laughs> yeah. Which one of us is which? Are you Godzilla or are you? No, you would be Godzilla because I'm Kong because that's what that was how we decided to go about it, right? Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need a life <laughs> so watch you can check out the oscars this sunday it's, it's i think coverage starts at 6 30 on abc we also are going to be watching it from the very beginning so you can obviously tweet uh, you could like you know text us or, or message us during the show if you're interested um we watch all the way from the red carpet you've gotten me into watching ease red carpet coverage that was the that was a new thing for me and now yes. i'm like ready to lock in and watch the, the e red carpet coverage to see what people are wearing and judge everybody that's what we're really good at so <laughs> certainly 
certainly check it out this Sunday. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a little bit of reactions on next week's pod. We'll talk about also the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And maybe, I don't know if we're going to have time, but we might even include some talk on Mortal Kombat. So all of that stuff, lots of stuff to coming out this weekend. It's going to be a really exciting weekend between the movies, the TV show, and the awards. So get ready for a fun-filled week next week and enjoy the Oscars. Stay safe, everybody. Bye.